1: Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Exo Higher Self. It's your host, Bunny. I hope you had a great week. I hope you were really, really kind to yourself. And I don't know if you heard last week's episode, but I gave a little a little assignment about asking your higher self what are some things that you can do to reconnect with that inner love inside of you and I hope that you all have been practicing that. I know I need a reminder um, to connect to my higher self, even though I've pretty much based my entire like career around higher self. I still need that type of encouragement. So I hope this is a place that you can come to every week and remember, that you're so important to this world, that you are loved, that you are being held. And we can continue to listen to everybody's questions. This week in particular, we got some really, really interesting questions. And I think as this podcast goes on and more more and more people hear it, the questions are becoming even more vulnerable. And I just feel like It's such an honor that we can come together and learn from each other's experiences and talk about some really important issues, process them, heal together, and learn from each other. So with that, let's get them started. Here's your first question.
2: Hi, I have two friends that I helped introduce that recently had a pretty dramatic falling out after living together. One friend is liberal and the other is more conservative, although she's not a Trump supporter, thank God. I don't want to choose sides since I value both of their friendships in different ways, but my liberal friend is trying to manipulate me into choosing sides. He's using my conservative friend's assumed values and beliefs about trans people to convince me, a non-binary person, to side with him. But I also know my conservative friend, who I've known for 12 years, loves me and cares about me, and I've never seen any evidence or behavior to validate what my liberal friend says about her values. Even if her beliefs are questionable, I know her well enough to be sure of her love. Now I feel a bit unsafe around my liberal friend for trying to manipulate me, but I also worry that if I cut things off with him... He'll assume I'm choosing the side of an oppressive person, even if she hasn't directly shown me that side of herself in the history of our friendship. Any advice you have on this complicated matter would be so helpful.
1: If you believe that your liberal friend is making up a lie that your conservative friend is transphobic in order for you not to be friends with her— then clearly you should not be friends with him, because that is extremely manipulative. But if he has a legitimate concern, which from my perspective seems pretty understandable considering the history of transphobic policy and conservative-minded politics, then his concern would be coming from a great deal of care. It seems to me that ultimately you are feeling judged for being friends with a conservative person that could or could not harbor a transphobic ideology. You said even if her politics were questionable, you would still know that she loves you, and I think that's a beautiful bond you have with her, similar to family, and you absolutely have every right to love and be loved by whomever you want. But your liberal friend also has a right to question your conservative friend's support for the trans community. I wonder if you thought of having an honest conversation with your conservative friend on her views on trans issues, that might help you have a clear understanding of exactly where she stands. That way, when your liberal friend claims she's transphobic, you can tell him that you've discussed it with her and you feel supported by her. Or you can stand by your decision to still be friends with her despite her views. Because even if you have never heard her say anything offensive, she might not be saying anything supportive either. And often when you're silent, you're taking the position of the oppressor. We all have different boundaries, and if your liberal friend takes offense to you being friends with someone who they feel is oppressive, you have to accept that. There is a possibility that while being roommates, he saw behavior that crossed the line for him, and he has every right to feel the way he does and not be friends with her. And he has every right to not be friends with you if it's too painful for him that you keep that person who they view as harmful in your life. I think if you pose the issue about having different boundaries and you respecting his and hoping that he will respect yours, that's the best way to possibly keep the friendship. Perhaps this is happening because you're in a better position than him through the love you do have with your conservative friend to have an impact on how she views these issues and help her become more actively supportive of who you are. I have no doubt that she loves you and your strong connection to your higher self has given you the courage to not only be proudly non-binary, but also to have a strong sense of who loves you and what your boundaries are. Trust that as you continue to negotiate these friendships and your own boundaries, you can count on that love. No one can tell you how to be
3: you. Hey, um, I'm calling in to uh, submit a question about polyamory, and I know you guys have already talked a little bit about that, but um, I just wanted to get a little bit more specific from the experience that I'm in. So me and my partner have been dating for two years now, and the majority of our relationship we've had to be long distance. And um, in the past, we've had created some troubles before with um you know, sexual fulfillment, and whether or not both of us were getting that because we could only see each other, you know, once we blue moon. And um, I had talked with him before about how I might be polyamorous, but it might just be leftover sexual desire from not being able to see him a lot. And um, it was a very big thing in our relationship, and it was very hard to talk about because my partner is very against it. And I've been in an open relationship before, and I think that I do really enjoy that. So I was just trying to have this conversation without guiding him, and I'm, and I haven't had this conversation again with him because I'm really, I really don't want to just push him and push him until he says yes, because that doesn't feel like an actual agreement. But, um, at the end of this big long debate we had about a year ago, His our solution was that I could have um, I could have casual sex with any female that I wanted to, um, um, because he wasn't really comfortable with the idea of another man's penis inside me or another human being's penis inside of me, and um, I didn't really get this, and I didn't really. It didn't feel like the right way to go about this, so I never took up that offer, and I let him know that. Um, But now these polyamorous feelings are arising again, and I think that there's somebody that I really like to add to our relationship, and it's one of his friends, and it's a boy, which obviously (laughs) brings up bad things. And I don't know how to talk with him about it and address these very deep issues about penises and sex (laughs) because obviously there's some big shit there and i just i don't know i he means the world to me and i always want to put him first but i want to communicate these things in a way that doesn't hurt him so if you have any advice on that that would be greatly appreciated but thank you i love you uh bunny
1: you're the best what happened from that previous arrangement a year ago? To now that convinces you it's possible to change his mind if it's just that now you're attracted to his friend it's hard for me to imagine that's going to help your cause if anything the close proximity of your sexual interests might seem even more threatening now had you a year ago stood your ground about this whole issue and told him look either we're open or we're not measuring people by their anatomy isn't how i exist in the world you could have saved some time But I get it. You were probably like, well, I'll take what I can get. Or maybe you thought, hey, if he's cool with this now, maybe I can get him to accept more later. If you're a polyamorous person or the distance isn't working for you, you have to do what's right for you. I'm concerned that you'll just end up unnecessarily hurting him or yourself by denying your needs. Because at this point, you're on the brink of telling him you want to sleep with his friend. And I know as a monogamous person, if my wife was like, I won't if you don't want me to, and you already said you don't want me to, but I want to sleep with blah, 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 like my good friend, I'd be pretty hurt. I think of all the times they hung out together with me there, and I was unaware that there was this attraction. So I just wanted to point that out. I don't know your boyfriend, but I think that that's a pretty common reaction for monogamous people. Another thing to consider is this is his friend. And as his friend, this is part of his support system. And his friend entering the picture in this way can be stripping him of that type of connection. Like, I would think hard about prioritizing your desires over his friendship. This issue isn't just about the two of you. Love makes some tough decisions that aren't always pleasant. You don't always get what you want, but you get what you need, like the song goes. And part of emotional maturity and self-love is having integrity about your sexual desires. They are nothing to be ashamed of. And as you continue to be in relationships, staying in your truth from the get will make you feel more seen and more cared for. Maybe this happened not because you and the friend are meant to hook up. Maybe it's about the universe showing you that this arrangement isn't working and both you and your boyfriend could be getting what you need somewhere else. Hello, Exo Higher Self fam. It's Bunny here. I am so thrilled to announce my debut book, Hello Higher Self, An Outsider's Guide to Loving Yourself in a Tough World is now available for pre-order. This book is the essential manual for unlearning your limiting beliefs that have been ingrained in you by the toxicity of our culture and your trauma, and your socialization. We all have to unlearn this stuff so we can channel the power of our higher self, and everyone who pre-orders this book will receive a special free gift from me to be announced shortly, so hurry to the pre-order link in the show notes and get yourself a copy. I cannot wait for you to read it.
0: Hey, Bunny. I've recorded this so many times, (laughs) but I'm thinking this is the one. I'm on the hotline to talk a little about accountability and forgiveness. I'm white, 35, and transmasculine. I've behaved in unforgivable and abusive ways towards my ex-partners. I saw a meme today that made me look in the mirror. I have so many toxic traits that are attached to masculinity, it makes me sick. I think abandonment and trust are a big part of who I am. But my actions can't be justified. I'm trying to get to a place to take accountability for those actions and start to forgive myself and heal. (sighs) Often I don't trust or respect my partner's instincts and boundaries when things are starting to look like the end. Specifically, this is towards femmes because I'm often in femme-masculine relationships. It all makes me really uncomfortable to talk about because if I heard these behaviors displayed by friends of partners, or by partners of friends, I'm sorry, I would tell them to get the fuck away. (laughs) I'm feeling very confused about my identity because I stand at a crossroad of the oppressed and the oppressor, but I'm very aware My white male privilege outweighs the rest. I think I just feel like I have so much baggage and I worry I'll never get over it all. I'll never forgive myself for all the things I've done and I'll never find forgiveness. I'm worried it'll never be safe for anyone to love me. I'm interested in your thoughts. I don't know if that was really a question, but it was something I needed to say. (laughs) Thank you, Bunny, for always bringing positivity in my news feed it's greatly appreciated and I love you
1: first I want to say I'm proud of you for calling in and taking this first step in acknowledging your abusive behavior as a trans person I don't doubt that you have experienced your own forms of abandonment and most likely abuse if not on a personal level on a collective level by a world which is abusive to trans people this is not an issue that you can solve on your own you need help I absolutely don't think that you should date another person until you get some outside support and guidance. You need to see a therapist or counselor who can help you create the boundaries you need and get into a long-term healing plan. I'll list some online resources on my site and the transcript of this episode where you can begin to connect with people who can help get you that support. From the higher self perspective, we treat people the way we feel about ourselves. So I want to ask you, what happened that made you think you don't deserve love? Because although it's your partners that end up victims in your relationship, you're not fighting your partners. You are fighting love. You're doing everything in your power to deny its power over you. From the perspective of higher self, the world has a completely upside down understanding of what love is. Love isn't something that someone can give and then take away. Yes, we have acts of love or ways of expressing love, but love isn't destructible. It's who you are. It's an inner power that is eternal, even beyond our bodies. And loving relationships are people in your life that provide a safe space for your inner love to exist and to be expressed. So when I say I'm in love with you, it's not because you make me complete with the love that you give me. It's because being with you takes me to that place where I am in the consciousness of love. So if you've had an experience, whether personal or collective, where there wasn't a safe space for your inner love to exist or be expressed, which is very common in the trans experience, a coping strategy can be denying access to that inner love in order to hold on to your autonomy. And over time, you begin to believe It wasn't those people that were unsafe. It's the love that is unsafe. So when it starts to show its vulnerable little bunny face, I'm calling it, I'm calling it a little bunny face. um, So when it starts to show its vulnerable little bunny face, you become a big bad wolf and blow it out of the room. And that pattern of denial of who you really are as a person full of love to give has you constantly looking to others to fulfill that lack. And when they don't, because no one can do that for you, you feel betrayed. When we look for a partner to fulfill a lack we think that we have, we're going to end up treating that person as though they're the ones that created that lack. You're searching for a relationship with someone that you should be having with your higher self. The key to unlocking the illusion that your inner love can be taken is through the connection to your higher self who knows that no one and nothing can destroy what is indestructible. And when you see that in yourself, you stop being so afraid of getting hurt because you are always home in the truth of who you are. And you begin to notice all the paranoia and suspicion that used to be in charge of your behavior are replaced with care, compassion, accountability, and honesty. And that's why love is very dangerous to an oppressive world, because it unlocks that mental prison of who you are, where we know who we really are, and we don't need to hurt anyone or take from anyone Or have more than anyone to feel complete. White male privilege did not make you an abuser. It didn't make you cross boundaries. It might provide more cover for you to get away with abuse, but masculinity in itself is not toxic. Masculinity is an energy that you put out into the world either destructively or with care. You said if one of your friends had a partner that treated them the way you treat your partners, you would tell them to get the fuck away. Do you realize that is exactly what your actions have been telling your partners to get the fuck away from you? You said you want to learn how to forgive yourself. Your higher self already forgives you because it knows who you really are. A beautiful person who has an endless amount of love to give. But atoning for your behavior comes from actions. Calling in was a great first step. I pray this inspires you to keep going.
4: Hey, Bunny Michael. First of all, I really do love myself and I do like hanging out with just me and being alone and um, taking care of myself. I I think I've come a long way with that. But lately, um, partly because of COVID, I've been alone a lot. I'm not someone who likes um, chatting a lot, like typing and talking. Um, calling is a little better, but I prefer to see people in person, but it's a little difficult right now. So, but I've been calling more friends, but after almost every conversation, I feel like I really failed and messed it up. And I feel stupid about the things that I said. Um, And I didn't listen enough because I was too busy trying to push the conversation to a direction that I wanted to talk about something. Like um, I wanted to talk about the hair mask that I bought. That got me a headache because the smell was so strong. But um, like for three days after I washed it out. But it was worth it because it smelled so good um, at the same time. But after I said it, I was like, this is not worth the uh, the time it took to get to got here. We, because we talked like half an hour about smell. And then, to make matters worse, I said I like the smell of my own menstrual blood as a guilty pleasure. And... <laughs> That's just gross, man. But I can't help myself to talk about everything. Uh, And I also have autism, so that makes it a little harder to judge what other people think of what I'm saying. And I'm really good at just talking about the most inappropriate things to to everybody. Actually, not not, uh, only friends, unfortunately. So uh, maybe it's just social anxiety because I just gotta get back in the game of um social uh, interaction and um and I'll get used to it but maybe you have some advice so uh really thank you a lot yay
1: I love to hear you say you love yourself it's just so nice to hear well okay I think it's actually really cool that you like the smell of your own menstrual blood? I don't know. All the examples that you gave um, about like the hair stuff and all of that stuff sound like great conversation to me. I feel like you're judging yourself too harshly. There isn't a right or wrong way to have a conversation or to communicate. I'm a strong believer in the diversity of communication styles and all the different forms. I mean, I think most communication happens when no one is saying anything, but that's another topic. I will say this. You won't enjoy any conversation if you spend the whole time judging what you're saying. It's okay to feel awkward. This whole new way of being with people in COVID is awkward. I mean, people are having... First dates on zoom for crying out loud if that's not awkward I don't know what is but we can't take ourselves so seriously and that's the lesson in itself we're learning how to enjoy ourselves when we're limited in what we can do so try to see this as an opportunity how can you make it more enjoyable for yourself do you only talk when you have something specific to discuss Do you ask more questions so you can be more engaged with the person you're talking to? Do you play a game together? Do you only talk with people who also enjoy, quote unquote, inappropriate conversation? Remember, a conversation is a collaboration. It is not solely your responsibility to ensure it goes perfectly well. I mean, this is not a competition in the art of conversation. Ask your higher self. What it would say when you start to feel socially awkward. If you listen carefully, your higher self is there reminding you to not be so self-critical because you are an interesting person and it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you.
5: Hi, Bunny. So since COVID has struck, um, it's really taken a toll on my anxiety and paranoia and more specifically, I'm just terrified of myself getting it and spreading it to my partner who's high risk or my mom who's also at risk and um, or just just um, if they get it and um, not through me, but I'd, I'm just like more specifically. Uh, paranoid about that and it's like keeping me awake at night and um it's just definitely taken my anxiety to a whole nother level and I don't really know how to manage it because especially that uh especially since like restaurants and bars have been reopening and a lot of my friends have been asking to hang out and haven't been doing such a great job at quarantining and i feel obligated to like hang out with them because uh i'm not so good with peer pressure i tend to give into it so that's been really hard um and yeah i've just that's also taken my anxiety to a whole nother level just like hanging out with people and um being scared of spreading covid uh so yeah i mean i guess i would just like advice in managing my anxiety and um not being so afraid of my loved ones getting it especially because i've read a lot of the news and like stories of you know family members getting it or just random people getting it and it just being horrible
1: so um yeah uh that's all thank you we are going through a global pandemic if your anxiety isn't heightened by that you've been living under a rock i totally feel you i'm worried about my family too but honestly if every day in the news they reported on how many people died in a car crash i'd be terrified every time my mom got in a car Nobody wants to think about losing our loved ones. It's painful and scary. In our culture, we have no relationship with death until someone close to us dies. So we associate the entire experience with tragedy, and it makes it even more scary. Most of us have never seen a dead body, even though it's all of our fate. And most of us have never seen a live birth, even though it's how we all came here. We seem, in our culture, to want to shut out all of the mystery of who we are beyond this place. But why is death so scary? It's because it's totally unknown, and we're not in control of the unknown. So here comes this virus, forcing us to confront what we spend so much time trying not to think about. And we not only are forced to think about death, but a lot of other unknowns about our careers, our plans, and our futures. But what if the unknown wasn't as scary as we thought? What if the unknown is actually a safe space? What if it's the only true safe place because it frees up all possibility, beyond the limitations of our fearful mind? What if death is safe? Our fears come from what we don't understand, but we don't understand things we don't have a relationship with, the things we're afraid to look at, and it's what we keep in the shadows that can be detrimental to our emotional health. When we accept the unknown, we are completely in the present moment because we aren't trying to create a future moment in our minds. We aren't trying to hold on to reality by building recognizable projections in our mind. Because when we do that, everything we don't recognize, we will be afraid of. When we accept the unknown as our friend, we don't live in the prison of our past or the limited imagination of our future. We are here now, in this moment, and we can let go. Stop trying to control and actually enjoy what we have now. We can live each day to the fullest with gratitude. So while you're lying in bed, worrying, not able to sleep, afraid to not do what your friends are telling you even though you know it doesn't sit right in your heart, think about what this virus cannot ever destroy. The love, the endless love within you that connects you to your loved ones way beyond this place. That love doesn't die with the body, it's eternal. And it's the same love that brings you peace now. It's the same love that helps you take a deep breath and remember that no matter what, you are held by a power beyond the mystery. Well, that sums up episode six. What did you think? We'd really love your feedback. There's a poll on our Patreon page about which topics you're most interested in. Let me know. And if you want to sign up to be a patron, just go to patreon.com backslash Self please join us. We need you. We need all the support we can get. You know, the lockdown and the pandemic have created a lot of restrictions financially for a lot of us, but it did afford us the time to start this podcast. So we are so grateful to be here, to be putting together this podcast and these episodes week after week, and to be building this new extension of the community. So rate us on iTunes, follow us on Instagram, tell your friends, And don't forget, if you want to send me a question, you can anytime just record a voice memo. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be a perfect recording, but you can email it to xsohireself at gmail.com or keep it classic and call and leave a voicemail at 740-481-1216. So this week, be really kind to yourself. Be really patient with your healing process. All right there's no need to rush. We're doing the best we can. We take it one day at a time. Drink lots of water. Black Lives Matter. Remember to keep up your activism. Check in with friends and family. This isn't an easy time for any of us. So you can let your higher self guide you into being a caring, compassionate friend. That's only going to bring more care and compassion into your life. And always remember you have a love inside of you that can never be diminished. And even on the days where you forget or you can't hear it, or something happens and it really takes you off your path, you will get back on. Your higher self loves you and will always be there to care for you. All right? So have a great week. Love you guys. Bye. Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey, with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari.